Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Lottie, ladies and gentlemen, saints of God, prayer warriors, intercessors, men and women that are seeking after God, hungry and thirsty for him that's about to be filled as God revealed. You shall be sealed, healed, and walking in the victory by the end of the day. End of the day, amen. Because God is doing a new thing. He's still pouring out his spirit on all flesh this morning. He's still renewing us in our minds this morning. He's still calling us away from being conformed to the things of this world. And not only us, God is have a universal message that's going out for people who have not repented to repent and be converted. Amen. It is really time to fix our eyes on God because Jesus, through God through Jesus can save us even now to the uttermost. And we're praying for that harvest that is white with plenty out there. But we're praying to the God of the harvest this morning, Father, that you send forth labors into your vineyard to gather the harvest in this hour of great toil, great tribulations, oh God. And so as we come this morning, we're believing you, Lord God, highly that there shall be fruit, Lord God, from this labor of love that will remain, Lord God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for those laborers that are laboring right now. We thank you for all the efforts, the humanitarian efforts that are going on out there to meet the need of the hour, Lord God, in Ukraine and different places, oh Lord God. Even here in our continental United States, we thank you for the Supreme Court justice have been affirmed, Lord God, and we thank you for there are going to be other um, elections that are coming up here in November, Lord God. There are going to be other changes of seats of power, Lord God. But Father, we lift the government up to you and pray for those, oh Lord God, that you're going to elevate. Thank you for those you're going to take down. Lord, we just give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor, Lord God, because the government is upon your shoulder, and of your government, there will be no end, Lord God. So we thank you, Father God, for righteousness exalting this nation. We thank you, Lord God, that you will bless the people whose Lord is our God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As we worship you, the true and the living God this morning, now have your way, Lord God, as we open up your word this morning on the creating prayer culture for God this morning. We pray for all those that are chiming in this morning, calling in this morning, that are gathered with us. We thank you for an awesome and impactful word on yesterday rendered and given and published and declared and taught and preached by Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe. We thank and praise you for all those who gathered with us yesterday to receive that magnificent, fiery, on-fire word of God that stirred and encouraged, oh Lord God, and freed some folks, Lord God, encouraged some folks, Lord God, delivered a message, Lord God. Hallelujah that resonate, Lord God, with the with the struggles of the day. And we just give you praise, glory, and honor for that, Lord God. And so we thank you this morning and praise you this morning, Lord God, to just open up your word this morning and share with us the revelation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we may be able to prove to you, Lord God, that we know you with clean hands and a pure heart this morning. So look into us, oh God, create us in a, a clean heart and renew within us a right and a steadfast spirit this morning. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God, for your word this morning and the revelations of your word. In Jesus' name, we bind up every false religion hypocrisy, sanctimonialism, God, we bind it up, false, empty confessions, we bind it up this morning as we study your word, another level of hypocrisy that we may be able to see the false religion that is out here among us because you told us to know those who labor among us, oh God, you said there shall be false prophets, false teachers, already being, already are God and always will be, but we bind that work in the name of Jesus and we release the truth, oh God, the wisdom and knowledge of God for your people to hear, Lord God, and be conformed and transformed and renewed in their minds in the name of Jesus we pray this prayer amen amen all right then we'll again praise the Lord praise the Lord 
This is Pastors Lester and Sharon Hayes here this morning greeting you all in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, we thank God for the word yesterday. We thank God for, for what, all that we learned yesterday and heard. And we thank God to be back this morning for another opportunity to study the revelation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ before we pray on the creating a prayer culture for God prayer line. So we thank God for what he's done what he's doing and what he is yet to do in the lives of his people. Amen. We just have so much to be thankful for and we just give God praise in all things this morning. Amen. And so we thank him for the opportunity to come and learn together the things that were written for our learning. There's a lot of stuff out there that we learn just because of the nature of uh, who we are. But there are some things that have been mandated by God and written for our learning that's going to prosper us in the long run. And so we this morning are going to embark upon some of that in the book of John, first John, amen, chapter three, verse 15, I mean, verse 18, amen. And uh, we've been talking under the, 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 the subject of having a clean heart. And we learned a lot of things out of this verse that we're probably going to wrap up and finish up this verse this morning. And it says, my little children, let us not love a in parenthesis, see, I put in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So there's four areas there. It tells us and cautions us and warns us. It says in word, but neither in tongue. You know, you know, not in word and neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So we got four layers there. Amen. And all that means to sum it up is, you know, with a clean heart, which is produced by a loving, you know, action. You know what I'm saying? You know, the actions that you take should correspond with the word that you that you preach, speech or read or study or whatever, you know, memorize, meditate on, you know, hear. It should all kind of like be reflective. Amen. Not with words only, though. You got to have some corresponding action to go along with that. And we talked about, you know, been talking about a lot about false religion, the different views of false religion, the different approaches, the different understanding, the different levels. So we'll be able to recognize them when we see them. And we talked about, you know, that empty profession, which is false, that legalism, which is even more false. We talked about being people being sanctimonious, you know, being even more false. And then we were talking about, left off talking about hypocrisy, you know, which is also a, a big form of, uh, of um, false religion, uh, that hypocrisy. Amen. That's, that's the big one there. Amen. And so we talked about that. And we talked about uh, hypocrisy is that practice of claiming to have a more more standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. It's like a pretense saying something that's really not who you are or what you do. And so we said a, 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 a person of hypocrisy, uh, a hypocrite basically, is a person who puts on a false appearance or virtue of religion. A person who acts in a contradiction to his or her stated beliefs or feelings. You know, people, you say one thing to them, sometimes from the pulpit, sometimes just in general conversation in the marketplace. And then other times, you know, you're, 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 you're far from that. You change that as though people are not paying attention to what you're saying. And so we gave some definitions about, you know, what the, the scripture has taught us about hypocrisy. Amen. We looked at that and we'll probably cover a few more here as we uh, go into the lesson this morning. Amen. And so 
Let's pick up here again. We're talking about false religion of hypocrisy. Amen. And uh, we left off the other day of verses. I think the last verse we covered Friday morning was out of the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 56 of the King James Bible. And I'll just read that in your hearing by way of um, a review or reflection to get us kind of started. And then we'll roll right into what we're going to talk about today. Amen. And it said, ye hypocrites, ye came, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that ye do not discern this time? You know, that 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 time when Jesus was there, that time when Jesus was 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 had his prophets out there prophesying and warning that time when there was just such a move of God and presence of God. And they were so steep in the tradition of their fathers until and they were smart people. They were astrologists. They were they, they had people that could discern the, the clouds in the sky. They could read the signs of the moon and all of that. And they, they just they just had that kind of experience because it's just like today. We have people that can make a seven day prediction on the weather. They can tell you where a tornado is at based on historical precedent. You know, they've studied this stuff, gone to college for this stuff, how to recognize these signs. They have volumes of data and research that have been done. And so it's the same thing the Lord was telling them. You know, these were supposed to be the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the priests, the scribes, the elders, you know, the more elite Lord of the Sanhedrin Council. And they could discern all these things about their history, you know, the history of Abraham, the history of Moses, you know, their history, you know, the history of their, of their nation, of their tribe, you know, of their tongue, you know, of their culture. But here they are now. They can't discern this time. Jesus said, here I am, full of grace, full of truth, dwelling among you. You're my very own people. And you don't recognize me? Haven't you been praying for a Messiah? Here I am. I am the Messiah. I am that I am. Did Moses not tell you? I am that I am, Pharaoh. Did Moses not say, I am that I am, sent me? Did Moses not say it's for you all to leave and go to a place to worship God and serve God? Well, here I am. I'm that God. You know, there's no other God besides me. There's no other God can be compared to me. Make no graven images unto me. I am the living God, the one and only true and living God, full of grace, full of truth. I'm here for you, you know, bringing forth what my father sent, that word to build his kingdom on earth, to establish his kingdom, to teach you what his kingdom is, you know, how it's made up, the beatitudes of his kingdom, you know. So that you will be able to be a peacemaker and be called the children of God and not a hell raiser. You'll be able to be merciful. You'll receive mercy because you are learning how to be merciful in my father's kingdom. And so this is uh, kind of you're going to tie into where we're going this morning. So he said, hey, you, you can't even discern the times. And that's a hypocrite. You're going around acting like you can, you know, but you can't do it. You know, saying, you know, stating all this history. It's all like the woman at the well when Jesus met her over in the book of John, the fourth chapter, verse 24, King James Bible. They had a conversation. Most of what she was saying was based on her historical recall about her father and how she was raised and who built the well she was about to draw water from and where they used to worship at in, you know, in, 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 in days before she met Jesus. She had a very good recollection of her history. Now, she wasn't really what I call a hypocrite, you know, because she 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 didn't know about this living water yet. But for the ones of those who had restricted them from being in in the presence of anybody, you know, that wasn't a Samaritan. Now, that was hypocrisy. 
the pressure that they put on those people to pretend that they were so holy that these people could not have no contact or no uh, contact with any of them on the road to Damascus where the well was at, you know. And so Jesus is about to change all that, you know. He, and he calls them hypocrites, you know. How can you say you love me you ain't never seen? Hate these folks you see every day, your brothers and sisters. These are your brothers and sisters. You know, you're going to always have them with you, the poor. You know, if they treat them otherwise, any, any lesser than you treat yourself, you're doing it unto me, you hypocrites, you vipers, you know. And so we pick up this morning again talking about the false religion of hypocrisy. Uh, we're going to pick up in the book of Luke chapter 13 now. We just finished chapter 12 with verse 56 of the King James Bible. So let's just keep rolling in Luke and kind of look at Luke, what Luke had to say about uh, that false religion hypocrisy as he's relaying to the people here uh, based on what he wrote, what he witnessed, and what he saw. And he said, the Lord then answered him and said, thou hypocrite, doeth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? There's a question being asked there. Now they get ready to reveal do they have any any word hidden in their hearts that they don't sin against God? Or is the bank empty? Is the bank of their heart empty? You know, is it anything in there other than the tradition of men, the doctrine of devils, false religion, false teaching, false the residue from all the false stuff, all the tradition of your fathers? Is that is that the only thing that's in your heart? There's no wisdom in your heart. There's no truth in your innermost being. Because out of the abundance of your heart do your mouth speak. It reveals what's in your heart. Okay, and that heart is the most desperately wicked part of a person, according to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9 of King James Bible. So he's saying here, Luke is saying here, he calling them out, man, based on the teachings of Jesus. You know, he said the Lord then answered him. And said, so Luke is not taking saying I'm saying this. Luke ain't calling them out just for Luke's sake, but he's been able to discern something and remember something that the Lord said. I'm telling you, man, when we're speaking to people, we ought to remember everything the Lord said. It just cuts through the chase. It's God's word that he responds to. He wants to be put in remembrance of it, whether you're praying or singing or just having a conversation or you're in the pulpit preaching or teaching or you're on the street corner preaching or teaching or you're in your marketplace, you know, just sharing with someone. It always ought to be God's word because that's where the power is at. It's in the gospel. Book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 of the King James Bible says that. Said it is powerful and quick and sharp than any two-edged sword. Cuts asunder between the dividing of bone, marrow, soul, spirit. Is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart of a man, even a woman, even children, older people, young people, black people, white people, red people, green people, yellow people. It don't matter. It's a universal message. that The sword cuts all flesh. It penetrates. It's an impenetrable rock. It goes right to the target. Bam. And it frees people, you know, and that's why he wants us to know the truth. His will is to know the truth. And so we ought to start with the answer, stay with the answer, and the results will be the answer, you know. And that way we're free from hypocrisy of those hypocrites that won't be able to trick us. And so he says, then, the Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite. Now, if the Lord call you a hypocrite, I ain't nothing else I can do with that but say the Lord call you a hypocrite. The Lord say you're a hypocrite based on, you know, you're being able to discern the, the, the seasons, the weather, and all that, but you can't discern the times when there's trouble, you know, trials and tribulations upon the people. Some, some of them at your own doings, you know, putting that pressure on people, you know, the least of them. Do if not each of you, you know, 
you know, they, they got to beef with Jesus anyway because Jesus is walking. He got a following. He done been doing miracles and people are following him from one little town to the other, one little providence to the other. They seeing these miracles and they just happen to be going through the cornfield. It was about harvest time for the corn. It was it was probably in its early stage, sweet corn, no doubt, you know, edible right off the cob. I've been there before. I've done that. We were we were corn farmers, and we had a patch of about four rows of sweet corn. Didn't go didn't didn't go no stalks. Didn't go no higher than probably about four foot. But that little corn on there was so sweet you could just take it right off and just eat it right there. So sweet, so nourishing. And so here Jesus is. He's more concerned about those who are following him because they've been they've been walking, y'all. They tired. They hungry. And Jesus wasn't finna let them starve on his watch. So he just told the man to, to, to get pull some of that corn off there and eat. And they had a problem because it was the Sabbath day. They wasn't keeping the Sabbath day anyway. They were just using it to have a reason to persecute some people, to argue with some people, to distinguish themselves from people, to pretend that they were some so concerned about the law. They were ready to put somebody to death for violating. They were ready to stone a woman caught in adultery when they was, some of them were the ones she probably had been with. So you just had a mixed up uh, uh, group of people here. But Luke calls them out here. You know, he said, the Lord answered them and said, thou hypocrite. Do it not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox, an animal now, or his ass, a donkey now, from the stall and lead him away for watering, to watering. And you're going to feed them too. Ain't no limit to what you're going to do if something met with them animals. Somehow you call the vet if they get sick. If it's time for them to give breath or cash, you're going to get the vet. You're going you're gonna to make sure you take care of them animals. And then he goes on to say... In the book of Romans, chapter 16, verse 18 of the King James Bible. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul kind of picked up on that theme. I love it how the scriptures just all connect. The references, they just all connect. You just follow the different applications of the word. So you got to have that ability to apply it to your life. And here Paul now is referring to the same Spirit of hypocrisy, you know, with found with hypocrites, pre, people of pretense, inconsistent, you know, complacent, you know, you know, blaming every everybody, you know, you know, always highlighting the the toothpick in somebody else's eye and not able to see the two by four in your eye. Great analogy there, you know. But he says, you know, hey, for they that are such. Serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, such as those who I just stated, inconsistent, full of pretense, you know, trying to be something that you're not in appearance, you know, false religion, false teaching. That's 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 the only way you can get it done. Got to make it up. Got to fake it. You know, and then if it don't go right, you blaming somebody else, pointing the finger. And that don't go. You become complacent. You just. Settle down where you're at. You don't try to grow. You don't try to learn. You don't try to expand. You don't try to let God enlarge your territory. You don't do anything. You just become complacent in what you're doing. And Paul is calling them out there. He said, this is, this is, this is what a hypocrite looks like, y'all. But their own bellies and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. You know, you got simple, silly people out there. The Bible talks about, you know, uh, in the last days, you're going to see men, you know, just laden with sin, going to go into the house of silly women and lead them astray. You see a lot of that now. I, I, I just don't understand how a lot of these young people are so open to it. They got to have a man and then five children later, 
you know, black eye, teeth knocked out, you talking about they love you. That's silly to me. That's why he, the only reason he beat me is because he loved me. And you got women beating up on men too now. You got some men out there that are terrified by some women. They got to sleep with one eye open. So you just have this 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 shift, man, of people have lost purpose. They've lost identity with reality because they don't understand, you know, which is which is what puzzles me. How a man, a physical man, okay, can say God created him to be a woman and say I was born that way. I, I just don't I don't understand it when I know it's learned behavior. You know, I, I know it's how you were raised. You know, you know this. This is why we want the family. God want the family to be intact. Husband and wife coming together, reproducing, repenting after their own kind. So we don't have all these problems. This these problems that we have right now with some woman just died from abortion. They're not going to put with going to put one lady in prison because she forced an abortion. You got all this shakeup now in all these different states passing these laws. They're going to put people in jail for abortion. Uh, you know, hey, I'm, 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 I'm against abortion just for the sake of abortion. But if there, you know, there's life-threatening situations there, there's been incest and, 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 incest and rape and, you know, and, and, and the person may have been ill and passed on a disease and the baby might have, you know, I can understand that. I mean, I'm not for it. If, if, if I'm for the family being the family that God wanted the family to be. And all these folks out with all this pretense like they so this, they so that, you know, and using government and using and abusing fraud and waste and power to be able to not help people who are in some of those situations. And so they got to go out here and sneak and do it, you know. And I don't understand that, you know. I do not understand that. You create a culture and you allow it, you want it taught in schools, you want it to be tolerated, you want it to be accepted when the Lord said it's an abomination. So you can't have it both ways. That's pretense, that's hypocrisy. You know, that you become complacent. I don't care because the laws of the land says that. We, we respect those laws, we're not gonna violate those laws, but it's not gonna change my moral and ethical standards. My compass is my compass. God's word is my compass, it shapes my compass, it shapes my belief. It's just like Luke said, and Jesus said, so I'm say what Jesus said. He, in his word, in the book of Romans, the first chapter, called it an abomination because he said it's not natural for a man to leave the natural use of his body and go satisfy that flesh trying to be somebody he's not, lay with another man. Vice versa, same thing with a woman. Created to be a man, created to be a woman. And when you come together in holy matrimony, now you can form a perfect union uh, and become one, no longer twain. Now you reproduce after your own kind. You know, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no man finna have no child. So I don't know how nobody call a man, uh, you know, uh, their wife. But that's that's inconsistent with. You know, with what God is saying. And Paul points this out right there. You know, got all these here, here, you know, good words and fair speeches. And, and, and well, you know, I know my Second Amendment right. I know my fifth, Fourteenth Amendment right. I know my First Amendment right. You know, the law said that I can't, you know, now they're coming out of woodworks, man. It's been, a, it's been alarming to a lot of people because they didn't think it was that many out there hiding. And they're saying, now, y'all too xenophobic. Y'all got too much phobia. Y'all too this. Y'all too this. Y'all discriminating against us. Well, you the one hiding. And when the law 
on on the Constitution law got passed, you thought that authorized you to 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 live in that lifestyle and be acceptable. God ain't never going to accept it. I'm not either. Now He'll accept you when you repent and free you, take that spirit away from you. But in the meantime, it's an abomination according to the scriptures in the book of Leviticus. You know, and it's just several passages over there. Chapter 11, chapter 18, chapter 19, 20, 20. You, can just, you just read those laws. Those laws, they have not changed. Jesus fulfilled them. In other words, Jesus came and lived as a man. You know, he fulfilled the law. He did not commit them kind of sins like we saw in Sodom and Gomorrah, those, those lust of the flesh, lust of that pride of life type sins, those, that, that, that sexual perversion, adultery, you know, you know, fornication, you know, against his body. No, 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 no. He fasted most of the time and prayed and he was in love with the Father. He was all about doing the Father's will. And yes, he had contact with women. He had contact with men. He ain't lust after none of them because he wasn't a hypocrite. He wasn't interested in little boys other than to get them saved. He sat a little children on his knee, man, told him, suffer not them little ones to come into me for such that they should be of the kingdom of God. He wasn't finna molest them like some of these folk with these cloaks and robes on. And all of a sudden when it comes out, when God exposes it, find out 60-year-old, 70-year-old priest, man, been molesting little altar boys and girls. It's crazy. Principal, you know, molesting the little middle, middle school girls and boys. Coach on the wrestling team. Watching the little wrestlers be, be be molested and they run for office and they're gonna tell somebody about how they judge on the bench. Pedophiles. It's crazy. It's hypocrisy, you know. And so let's go a little further here. Um we wanna transition now and talk about the false religion, you know, of inconsistency. Look at some of these characteristics, okay? Over in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 3, the King James Bible says it this way. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's, brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? See, there's the inconsistency right there. You know, so inconsistent. You know, one minute is this way, next minute is that way. Next minute you're seeing this, and next minute you're seeing that. You see the good, then all of a sudden you see the worst in people. Inconsistent. Inconsistent because they didn't agree with you, now they bad. Then you try to find fault in everything they do because they don't agree with you. So inconsistent. Yesterday y'all was rolling in unity, getting along. But the minute they had a question, a disagree, you thought they was going to be in your corner and just go along with you and say, that was, you know, that was so right. And then they said, well, no, hold it, hold it, hold it. Did I hear you to say? Did I understand you to say? Well, that's not what the scriptures say. You gave the scripture, and I'm reading along with you, but it doesn't say that in there. It don't call it that. And they got you. They got you. And you be like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. Inconsistent. That's why I always write all my scriptures down. So when I need to, like right now, I'm talking about them. I got titles and headings and you're going to get to see them because I post every one of them when I finish so you can know where I came from. You, you have like a second reference. You can go back and look at it, listen to it. And if you catch something in there that I stated that wasn't written in my, like in my notes because I teach for my notes. I do my homework. I put, prepare my messages. That's how I teach. I'm not saying everybody else got to teach like I teach. You know, I just, for me, it works for me. It's God's word. 
you know, and I don't I don't want to mind the standard trinkle into the process because sometimes I can get going, man. I start thinking about how I understand things and I'll be thinking you understand things the way I understand things. And I might be adding a little bit of my personal opinion and private interpretation. And I try to avoid that as much as possible because the word of God is pure and adulterated, infallible, authentic word of God. It's his word. It ain't my word. I'm, I'm just the mouthpiece. I'm just the messenger. You know, but it's his word. Like all these people that you just hear me talk about, Luke, John, Paul, they did the same thing. They said what God said. We have to say what God said because we don't want to deplete any of the power away from what God said by mixing a little bit of this and a grain of that and a grain of this. That's 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 hypocrisy. That's 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 an inconsistency. And it's false. It's creating a false narrative and a false sense of 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 of, uh, of truth. You know, don't add nothing to it. Just cut it straight. Study to show yourself approved. Workman, it need not be ashamed. And so here we go. Now we're looking at uh, in the book of Matthew when he said, And thou beholdest thou the mote that is in thine brother's eye, but consider it not the beam that is in thine own eye. It's because human nature, especially when you find yourself in leadership or put in control or charge of something, we're always looking at the people we're supposed to be leading or the people we're supposed to be helping. And a lot of time we lose sight of self. I always like to say, man, when it comes down to the word of God, and you don't have to you don't have to agree with this, I'm just saying I'm not looking for debate on this, is that I like to be first partaker. I like to know how it tastes first. You know, I, I like to see if it if it, if I can apply it to my life. Then, you know, it becomes easier for me to talk about how it impacted me to people. You know, and then I be I shift from that real quick because see that's that's the word of my testimony. But then I gotta talk about the one who gave me, put me in the position to have the testimony. That's what people want to know. How did, how did that happen for you? How did you get healed of COVID? What did you do? You know, did you go see the doctor? What medication did you take? And then when I tell them, hey, Jesus is my healer. And go to the scripture, man, and say, he said he, he sent, God said he sent Jesus, the incarnate word of God, to heal my disease and rescue me from destruction. Over in the book of Psalms, chapter 120, verse of chapter 107, verse 20, the King James Bible. See how I caught that mistake I made and corrected it? See, that's just the Holy Spirit working. You know, he went in the, I was, I was wanting to say 120, chapter 7, but it's really chapter, Psalm, the book of Psalm, chapter 107, verse 20, King James Bible. You know, and see, because I've used that scripture before, I can catch myself when I misquote a scripture. Sometimes folks be going so fast, man, they don't even have, they don't even take the time. I've been there. Probably will go there again because there's human imperfections in us. We're not perfect, but we're, we're faithful and we're transparent to admit. I like to hope and think that when we make a mistake, instead of just, you know, pretending, just catch yourself and correct yourself. You know, and don't get upset when somebody else catch it and, and, and make the correction. I've been corrected a whole lot. My wife can break me all the time because she'd be sitting over here taking notes. She'd be following along. And sometimes y'all don't hear, but she'll whisper something to me, man, I have to take another look at it and I'll correct it. And so, you know, he says here, you know, man, you know, don't 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 be trying to get on nobody about what's around their door because you can get into legalism real quick, which is another false religion. And so, um, goes on in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verse 3 of the King James Bible, it says this, All, and I like all, all means all, it means that there aren't any more. All, therefore, whatsoever they did, you observe. Watch them like a hawk. But were your motive right for how you, why you was watching them? 
or were you? It's like they did Jesus. They followed him. Some of them just are far off to watch everything he did to try to catch him and trick him and trap him. You know, to see if he was going to violate the law on the Sabbath, see if he was going to violate uh, someone being caught in adultery. They wanted to try to catch him. They went ahead on and called him a blasphemer because he said Abraham was happy to see my day. You know, Moses knew that I am that I am. You know, and they had a problem with that. They were trying to hem him up and catch him. And then he told him, he said, well, who do you say that I am, Peter? I know. Tell me who men say that I am. And then tell me, Peter, who you say I am. And Peter gave a different take than everybody else, you know. And he said, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that. The others with the, with the <coughs> two by four in their eyes didn't reveal this, Peter. But my father. And because of that, he wanted to separate Peter for a sacred use, so he changed his name and told him, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What are you going to build it on? This response that you just gave me, I know it didn't come from you, it didn't come from men or the hypocrites, pretenders, but it came from my father. And so that's what he's going to build the church on, what came from his father that was now in Peter's heart. Jesus recognized it. It's not false. It's what my father has revealed to you. You know, that's what I'm going to build my church on. Then the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that's a that's a lesson right there for all of us. Universalists. That's what he's going to build, you know, the church on. What the father reveals to us. And Jesus came to reveal his father's kingdom when he taught over there in the book of Matthew chapter 5 the Beatitudes that was the beginning of the teaching to those followers those disciples you know amen and so we see it right there all therefore whatsoever they bid ye, ye observe that observe and do but do not ye after their works for they say and do not you know, so he's talking about the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the elders, the high priests, the scribes, uh, all those like like Nicodemus was before he met Jesus, all those who sat on the Sanhedrin Council who had all the scriptures in the in the hem of their their their, their big robes and all up here in the up in the, in the epaulet, they had scriptures you know, they would always pull them out on the people and they just kept adding to the scriptures every day because the people were calling them out on the people were going back reading the text man and coming back to him man and saying well I read it I went back and read it and the Moses law said this and it said this and it said that and they just kept adding more to it and it was it became like well do it because I say so don't question me who are you you know you little poor filthy beggar sheep herder who are you to question me I'm I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the elder I'm the I'm the I'm the chief priest you know and you got some of that today. I'm the bishop. I'm the apostle. Well, you know, pastor said, and blah, 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 blah. First lady said, you know, and blah, 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 blah. You know, they just go on and on and on, you know. But it's all inconsistent. It's pretense. It's complacency. It's blame gaming, you know. You know, all over the place, you know. And do not. It's hard to, you know, to be like a ship on the ocean. Toss to and fro with every wind of doctrine and think you're going to be able to do anything consistently. Somewhere you got to settle down and become anchored in the things of God. Got to get some firm footing 
just like Jesus told Peter, that's what I'm going to build my church upon. You know, everything else is sinking sand. Amen. And so we go on the book of Luke. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wants to be planted by the rivers of living water so that when the winds come, we're like trees of Lebanon. We bend, but we don't break. We just bounce right back because our roots are wrapped around the rock, as we used to say. I used to love to preach that, man, in my sermons. You know, bend, but don't break. And he goes on to say in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 46 of the King James Bible, we're preparing to move to close here. It says, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? I used to, man, I'm telling you, when I first became a pastor and I had a lot of new converts, man, we would go places and people, people just really didn't, didn't, didn't initially want to respect me as a pastor, you know, because they kind of, they kind of knew me, the old me, you know, so like Paul, when he got converted, saw the problem, it was rough going for him there for a minute, but he stayed the course. Now, I've been at this for a minute, since, you know, this pastor thing since January 26th. 2000, <coughs> 2006, Pastor Sherry and I both. And some folks still struggle with that, you know. But, you know, that ain't my argument. That's between them and God, you know. That's between them and God, you know. Because, as he said here, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Well, for me early on, it was, why, why, why are you saying I'm your pastor? And then you're standing here arguing with me and debating with me when I'm giving you the script and showing you what the script is saying. You started telling me about the problem. And I'm telling you, well, let's just pray and claim this promise. And you, you, you're you telling me about the problem. Well, Pastor, you just don't know how, what, it, what it's like. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just so tired. It's just, you know. Okay, I got it. But we're not going to pray the problem. We're going to pray the answer. But, but, but why call me pastor and not take the instruction and, and, and follow the, the, you know, the, I won't say the commandments that I'm giving you, because I'm not giving you commandments, I'm giving you God's commandments, where the words say do this and you can have this and let's pray this and put God in remembrance of his word. It took people a long time to, you know, to accept my credibility as, as I was not going to tell you anything false or anything wrong. I wasn't going to blame you for anything. I wasn't going to, you know, rebuke no hold, no bunch of devils and all that. And, you know, I might cast out a few evil spirits or something. But that's what the word said that a believer can do. But it took a while to establish that, that level of credibility, especially within the ranks of my family. Some was all in with me and for me. Some was with me but wasn't for me. Some were even against me. And some of them got separated. Some of them got pruned out. It wasn't me, it was God. Because I knew I was handling God's word. You know, but they didn't. They thought it was something else. They thought I was just being difficult and hard and holding them to too high of a standard. And I remember a couple of times I got called out, man, because I, I had that whip out, boy. They said, they told me, man, you, you know, you just dogging us out, Pastor. I'm, I'm beating me up. I, I, I admit it, I, I did initially. I was trying to, if I could cut your brain open, I would have put the Bible over there and sewed it back up. I just thought it was so simple what I was saying, but sometimes the word be over people's head and you got to meet people where they're at. I had to go to college for four years and study social work to learn how important it is to meet people where they're at. Come to find out now, that's what Jesus did. He came and met the people where they were at, ground zero, their level and taught up and built up from there. And that's why we say we're gifts to the body, not to tear down, but to build the people up and mature them for the work of ministry, perfect them, you know, gifts to the body. 
took me a while for my eyes to be open to see that I was a gift to the body, not just to my family, to my church, to my wife and my kids and grandkids. No, I was a gift. We're a gift to the body. And God has given us a universal message that fits the body, addresses the need of the body. It's not my word, it's his word. So let's go here with one, one or two more scriptures here, and then we're going to, I want to try to get finished with verse 18, but we are not in no rush. I, I love taking my time. In the book of John, chapter 7, verse 23, the King James Bible says this, If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses, notice now, the law of Moses should not be broken. Are ye angry at me? Because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day. And so the Lord here is having them to make a distinction here. Now you require circumcision, okay? So if a man comes on the Sabbath and, and join your ministry or whatever and say, okay, I want to be a part of ministry, and one of your rules is that they be circumcised. So you're going to wait to circumcise them, or you're going to circumcise them right then. Now your law said you should circumcise them right then. That makes it official ceremonially at the time, you know. And then he goes on to say, now, can a man then be made whole? Can I heal somebody on the Sabbath day then? If you're going to circumcise him because of the law of Moses, why can't I heal because of the law of Moses? Why can't it be a two-edged sword? Why can't it work both ways? It's all about helping the individual to conform to the law. So if you're not going to keep all of it and apply it equally across the board like it's universal for everybody, then it's not worth anything. Because if you're not keeping all of it, then don't keep parts of it to satisfy your own ambitions and your own self-interest. Because I'm the God of the Sabbath. Every day should be a Sabbath. 24-7 should be a Sabbath. And it should all be geared toward the God of the Sabbath meeting the needs of the people, whether it be on your Sabbath day of rest or whatever. I don't take time off. I don't slumber. I don't sleep. I'm God all the time. I do miracles all the time. I free people all the time. I tell the truth all the time. I save all the time. That's what I came to do, seeking to say that which is lost. I'm still interceding today. I'm your high priest. I'm the preeminent one. And so he goes on now in the um, in the book of uh, we just go over Romans. Yeah, we're in the book of uh, Romans. Uh, the, let me see if that's right. It's the second chapter, the book of Romans, the second chapter here, uh, verse 21. Yeah, verse, uh, verse uh, 1, the second chapter, verse 1. He said, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For, there, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For that that Judge this, do it the same thing. <laughs> Man, I love Paul's wisdom. <clears throat> I wonder where he got it from. <clears throat> probably went through a lot of this himself. He probably was first partaker when Jesus called him out. And so, you know, Scripture even says in the book of First Corinthians, chapter four, I want to say verse twenty, judge not anything before his time. Maybe verse five, judge not anything before his time of the King James Bible. And we need to let the judging be outside of us to God. We only judge ourselves. And the word judge a lot of times is used in the form of examination. Let a man examine himself. Judge yourself first. You know. Don't judge nobody else. Just judge yourself. That'll be enough judging right there to, to cover your whole life for eternity if you do that every day. 
in the book of twenty uh, book of Romans chapter two verse twenty one of the King James Bible says this um, Thou therefore which teachest another teachest thou not thyself what I just said thou that preachest a man should not steal do it thou steal ask a question there be first partaker. That's all he's saying. Be, don't be a hypocrite. Be first partaker. Don't think it's and say it and advocate that it's good for everybody else and not good for you. How you know it's good then? What is the other way you know it's good if you don't first partake of it? In the book of Galatians chapter 2, verse 14, the King James Bible says, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter, before them all, if thou, being a Jew, liveth after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compelleth thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? You know, it's sort of like, you know, uh, people say they say, but they live like the world. They do all the things in the world. The world say they say, but they live like they, you know, like they're the preacher of the church. Or they run the church. They're trying to live by. They ain't, ain't been no member. Nobody church ain't been to church, but all of a sudden they're going to pick up on a wind of doctrine and say the reason I don't go to church is because you ain't never been to church so how you know what it's like so it's that, it's that hypocrisy you know you know Jews want to act like Gentiles and Gentiles want to act like Jews now Cornelius had it right and he was converted him and his whole household they were Jew, they were Gentiles but they did everything they saw the Jews doing until the Lord saw him and sent for Peter to come and convert him but they were Gentiles trying to live like Jews at least he was, but ended up his whole house got saved and baptized. They heard the same word. Peter went on down there, man, and preached to the Gentiles, and a lot more of them got converted. 3,000 one place, 5,000 one place, 10,000 one place. It just went on and on and on. God just kept adding them numbers. And all those people were not Jews and Hebrews. A lot of them were Gentiles. And so he's telling us here, with one standard, don't mix it up. You know, don't let the tradition of your fathers get in the way of my universal message. You know, don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. So we're going to go ahead and end right there at the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 14, the King James Bible. we got a couple more verses, you know, to cover this topic and finish this, but we'll wait. We'll do that on uh, Thursday morning. All right, then. We'll praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you for what has been said, uh, how you have allowed us to explore the the uh, the, uh, the uh, shortfall of hypocrisy, false uh, false uh, confessions, false teaching, false preaching. God, we see the result of it. Uh, Lord God, inconsistencies, Lord God, characteristics of inconsistency, blaming, Lord God, complacency, Lord God, pretending, Lord God. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for this thorough examination. We thank you, Lord God, that we're able now to discern because of this wisdom what is right and what is wrong about the teachings, about the preachings, about what people say, Lord God, when they speak from a position of authority, Lord God. Does it, does it, is it supported by Scripture? Is it documented? Can I document it? Can I find it in the Word? Can I base it on anything? Thing that was taught by Jesus and by his apostles. Where did it come from? You know, what gives you the right to say that? So, Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for hypocrisy being exposed, that which is false being exposed, painting a clear picture that we can see, Lord God, that we may be able to discern what is right and what is wrong, that we may be able to make well-informed decisions, Lord God, and not live a lie, and not live a conspiracy theory, but God know the truth and let the truth make us free. That which is false, we thank you how you have explained it to us, you've taught it to us, you've opened up, now we understand it, Lord. Now help us to walk in it and apply it, Lord God, and not just be uh, hearers but doers of it now. Lead us away from all hypocrisy, all sanctimonialism, ceremonialism, 
All that is false, God. Every false way, God. Every false teaching and preaching, Lord. We denounce it now in the name of Jesus. And we want to be sanctified by that word, which is truth, Lord. Set aside for your sacred purpose and use now as our prayer, God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray to be established in your word. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and shift right now into our comment time. Uh, we'll start with Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe. Amen. Y'all go right ahead. Praise the Lord. 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 Praise the Lord.